0: G'day ladies and gents and welcome to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast. Matty Michael here and this episode is very exciting. I am introducing to you TLT Turbo, a leading global ventilation fan supplier and TLT Turbo is officially breathing air into Life of Mine. So check TLT out at tltturbo.com. Plenty of information available online about the fans they supply for any industry, mining, civil, industrial. Watch the TLT space because they are now in Australia, ladies and gents. And in this episode, I am introducing to you TLT Turbo's Western Australia frontman, Paul Machete. Now... We're not talking about your Johnny-come-lately average salesman right here. No, no, not at all. Paul, the fan man Machete, has been working in the vent industry for 40 years, and he has been selling fans and providing ventilation solutions in Australia for over half of his life. He is the real deal, ladies and gents. In, in our first TLT episode... We go through Paul's career in the vent industry and chat about plenty of technical fan info. Things like, when do you use axial fans ahead of centrifugal fans for primary ventilation? What affects fan efficiencies? What makes some fans more robust than others? And all this and much, much more. The uh, vent offices across global mine sites are going to be absolutely frothing on these TLT yarns and there's plenty more to come. So if you want to get in contact with Paul Machete at TLT Turbo, head to the Australian website, easiest way, just Google TLT Turbo Australia. And within that site, you'll find contact details for the Western Australian office, which will direct you to the fan man himself. And you can also get him on LinkedIn, Paul Machete, with Machete being phonetically spelled Mike India Charlie Hotel Echo Tango Tango India, keep your eye out for him at the WA Mining Club. So, let's get into some fantastic vent chat with TLT Turbo's Paul Machete. Let's get into it. Suck in the bottle. Copy your shift box. I got a radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy mate. in the Yeah, stitch her up, there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, righto, copy that. Hiya. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of, you could introduce this whole thing with puns. Or, Paul Machete come to vent his frustration or blow some steam off or attach with his primary fans out there. (laughs) But they're all too negative. (laughs) Vent his frustrations. There's no frustrations. Yeah, I think one we could use was Paul the Fan Man too. Paul the Fan Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think been, that's been used, though. Has it? Yeah. I think Is there a fan man already? You were uh, telling me that the yeah, other day.
1: Yeah, I think there's uh, there was a guy on the East Coast that used um, used his, his, um, was his motto, you know. The fan man. Cool, oh, yeah. I won't mention his name on here, but, you know, <laughs> um, he used to be known or, or call himself the fan man. The so. fan
0: man. We'll work on this. This could yeah, evolve. Yeah, I know. I know that. This <laughs> could evolve over time. What? Yeah, I think we need something better than the fan man. No. We're open to suggestions from everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you said you, uh, so, if anyone doesn't know Paul Machete, which if, you, if you've bought, it sounds like if you've bought a vent fan over time, uh, you would know Paul Machete. You've, you've, you've spent more of your life working with fans than not.
1: Yeah, I have actually. I never looked at it that way. Long time in industry, well, long time in fans, 40 years with fans. Um, and in the mining industry since mine ventilation since 94.
0: Geez, so what's that? That's what 20, that, 27 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So nationally, you know, I had a national role and now Western Australian. So feet on the ground here, been here three years. Um, love WA, great place, still plenty to see. You
0: can, you can just get to different parts of the city quickly. Oh, traffic! Yeah. yeah, traffic. Traffic from is- Melbourne. I oh, know, like they they're a bit rough on their um, long macchiato making <laughs> <laughs> yeah. over here. Yeah. But uh, at least you can get to the cafe quicker than you can in Melbourne.
1: Absolutely. You know, as some of the locals here, like they complain about traffic, and and I get that. If you've been here forever and y- you've had a chance to see the traffic build up over years, but compared to the east coast,
0: oh, it's easy getting around Perth. It is. It is what are we are we in a how big is the we get in a bit of a bubble over here i think in terms of he, thinking how about the mining industry is our is have you come over here to perth and just thought this mining industry is massive compared to over east or is over east pretty uh pretty big as well
1: i i i mean all this is my opinion obviously but i I've said to people on the east coast when I was there i said. WA is a mining state, and we all know that here. But I don't know if the East Coast really gets what the mining state means. Um, on the East Coast, they say they have mining, but, you know, they've got mining in Queensland and mining in New South Wales and a little bit in, in Victoria. Um, but when you look at the big picture, they're tourism states. They're not mining states, mm. you know, and they're predominantly coal. And there's a lot of, you know politics going on at the moment about coal and, you know, the the do's and don'ts about going down that path or not, you know. Um, so when you compare that on how they look at mining on the East Coast to the way it's looked at here and the way we look at it, um, yeah, yeah, WA is strictly a mining state, you know, we eat, breathe, bleed mining, you know, and it, and it affects everybody here, you know, from, you know, the guys that sit in the... In the Offices at West Perth, all the way to the deli That um, or, or the food van that would visit the mine sites. You know. so I, I when I first come here in '94, I remember going to a site in Cambelda, and my boss at the time, and he said, this was such an interesting story. He said to me, I, I was wet behind the ears, you know, green, and we were down south, out of town at Cambelda, and he says, "How'd you like a hamburger?" And I says. Where do you get a hamburger around here? Trust me, he said. <laughs> so we've tr- driven up this dirt track. We're literally on, a, on half a hall road type thing between sites, and there was a food van, you know, with burgers and fries and sandwiches and whatnot, you know. Like a trucky stop, sort of. Yeah, it, it was like it's just a food caravan that was. Oh, oh caravan! Oh yeah, 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 like yeah. a car- like a you know food van. Yeah. Um, between mine sites on 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 a on half a hall road, it wasn't even sort of a made road. Um, <laughs> there you and go. I well, thought, it's obviously, a market for it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and that's what I mean. Is uh, you've got the guys in West Perth that eat, drink, bleed, and spend mining, and you've got. This character out in the food van making a crust because all he knows and, and he's, he's supporting the mining industry out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, and that's what I mean is the state is literally mining, you know. You can, you, can, you can even go down south. Okay, they have tourism down south and right up north as well too, but it doesn't take long for you to look over your shoulder and go, hey, this is all relative to what's happening in the industry in, in mining in WA."
0: Well, the thing I noticed when I moved over was uh, the bloody airport. I went to the airport and I'm like, everyone's bloody in yellow and orange. Yeah. Like the whole airport is in, was in PPE. Yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I yeah. was just thought this was just so different. The thing, the interesting thing I got told the other day, this is why well, I think we're a bit in our bubble as in internationally. Uh, like we we think, oh, WA is the biggest mining mining zone in the in the world. Lot, like, but someone said like America is just like the United States and Canada and is just miles ahead of how. Much mining there is. We think we're big, but over there we're just a little baby compared to the mining that goes on in North America.
1: I, th- I think, I- I- in the big scale, that's a fair comment. Um, you know, look at Brazil and what's happening now in, in in Russia and in those regions as well, too, with regards to mining. Um, so on that scale, yeah, probably small. But then you have a look at what we're producing, what comes out of this state, let alone the country. No, what just comes out of WA? It's their significant numbers.
0: Well, in terms of concentration, like the de- density of mining. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So, punching above our weight as Australians are pretty
0: good at. We are. We are. Well, speaking of. Uh- well, not punching above your weight, not really at all. Well, you've been you're far from punching above your weight in the fan industry now, you know, like you'd have to be up there. You could go be on the, if they had a ventilation, who wants to be a millionaire? You'd win that million for sure, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, I don't know, about <laughs> that. don't know about that, Matt. 40 years in fans, I'm impressed by <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's it's, it's more than a lifetime for some people, <laughs> isn't it? I know, wouldn't it? When, when you said you were in fans before, um, like, so 27 years in mining, What what- what were the fans you were in prior to that? The oh, I started.
1: Start? I started in the drawing office.
0: Yep, I started
1: as a, a draftsman in the drawing office, um, and you know, learned how to design fans, the mechanics of the fans, putting them together, um, what worked, what didn't work. So you get involved with the engineering and the background of construction of the fans. Um, I grew then to. Um, to do a little bit of internal project management, watching the kit go through and manage fans and and some of the dust collectors at the time that I was dealing with, uh, and managing those projects in-house to make sure that they were getting delivered on track, they were getting manufactured on track. Uh, There were some company changes and then they decided to uh, keep me on because of my engineering background in an estimating role. So I then started doing estimating. So because I knew what they looked like, how they were put together, how they were made. Um, I was involved with estimating on the heavy duty and the, the larger fan projects. Then an opportunity came up back in the mid-90s to become an internal sales support for my boss at the time who was selling to the mining industry. So it was an internal support role initially. Um, he gave me great support, encouraged me to, you know, push myself and um It didn't take long from there to start getting out on the road, getting external sales, and that was when I started coming to WA um, and started to fall in love with the mining industry. You know, I love the mining industry. Um, They're very down-to-earth people. You know, they call a spade a spade, um, and you generally know where you
0: stand with them. You know, it's not – there's no pretense about the mining industry. Um, All the corporate folk are just – old miners you like they've yeah. all been miners at some point there are uh, that's what that's the thing i've noticed they're all yeah as you said just very very down to earth there's no uh there's no status depending on whatever level you're at in mining i don't think
1: that's right that's right um and since i've I moved across here three years ago now and um since i've been here it's it's even i knew there was a a, a good network and and um- inf- well not infrastructure it was a Close knit community, the mining industry. You know, they all look after each other and they support each other, and, and it's become more evident. You know, you only have to look at some of the initiatives about what some of the guys in in West Perth are doing. You know, um, some of the prominent names, and I don't need to mention the names, but they're looking at ways to promote new talent, to bring you know new skills into the industry, and and they're looking at new initiatives to to, to drive our business into the future, not just about what's happening today and, and bringing dollars in the door for everybody today. It's about how can we make our industry better for the future? And this is what what the, the WA people are good at here and what I've seen them doing here now since I've been here. I'm immersed more in now in the in the process of how it works than I used to be when I was just flying in and flying out for, for sales and for work and that sort of stuff. So um, it's great to see the, the industry, you know, supporting them backing ourselves all the way, right? You know, promote the younger
0: talent. Well, we just did a podcast, Yarn, the other day about it, but it's um, the way, you know, like this is, this is the time to be in the mining industry. The amount of work and just throwing dollars and cents to get people in isn't, uh, isn't the way we're going to, I guess, sustain how much work's out there. Well like they have to be doing exactly what you're saying like developing people getting new people in like just promoting the industry, trying to keep it out of the West Australian paper usually because yeah, they're, yeah. they're trying to um go the other way with it but it's uh well it's an exciting time it is an exciting time to be in the mining industry
1: it is um the these mentoring programs that I've seen some of the the CEOs getting involved with as well too um is excellent you know this is all about you know ensuring the, the longevity of the industry uh, and the people and the su- sustainability of the people and, and growth here in WA
0: well because that's the I suppose the beauty of this like you don't doesn't matter what mineral you are mining underground you're always going to need to ventilate it that's what you'd be excited about. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and,
1: you know, I, I visited the recent diggers and dealers and there's plenty, and as well as last year's one, and there's plenty of activity. There's plenty of excitement in WA at the moment um, about new, new opportunities, new projects, um, you know, redeveloping existing projects, expanding.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot happening. So after the so the twenty seven years you've been involved in mining, where do you where do you put this this point in time right now, with how much how much is happening, where do you put that in that in that twenty seven years? Are we up there within with the most I guess one of the more busier high demand times um, that you've seen? Uh,
1: back in the you know, twenty ten, eleven was, was a boom period. Um, you know, and we all know that goes up and down the mining industry, very cyclic depending on global economies and all sorts of stuff. There's a whole lot of things that come into play here. Um, at the moment, um, without showing my age, I think there's plenty of work here now for me to see me out to my retirement, you know. The next, oh, beauty. You know, next Beef five. Beef that superannuation up. Well, you know, it, it, and that's my personal opinion, you know, based on, you know, my understanding of what's happening in the industry and the growth and, you know, the, the new... Uh, initiatives with EVs or electric vehicles, um, yeah, there's there's plenty plenty of opportunity here in, in WA for me at the moment to that I can see. to hopefully see me out to my retirement over the next five to seven years. I don't know.
0: There you go. Depends, But You might be too busy. They might they might uh, TLT Martin let you retire. No, maybe not. maybe not, maybe <laughs> not. Especially when you're, uh, you've got your new title, the, the Fan Man, you're going to have to- Well, you're man. nearly after whatever, whatever this new title may be. If, uh, obviously, the Fan Man has been trademarked already, but- uh, Is it worth a competition? The, the, will they- Oh, it'd be worth a raffle, worth a chook raffle at least. Yeah. But um, there'll be a grooming process to groom the next- Fan man. Like you can't just you you've got to pass the baton on to someone. Absolutely, way. absolutely. Mm. So that I, I, I haven't looked at that yet, but that's a good point. Oh, like there's a yeah, there's an exit plan that <laughs> yeah, needs to be put yeah, in yeah, place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, I wish I was already thinking about an exit plan. That's a good <laughs> idea. Um
1: but well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure that that that's it's look, it's TLT's in a, a in a growth phase. Um, if I can just touch on, on these guys for a minute. Um we've got some significant primary fan installations up and running now on the east coast Uh, my brief now is to come in to recently join the company they're a global entity Um, 140 years experience in ventilation equipment mining wind tunnels road and rail tunnel infrastructure industrial fan equipment good global presence all over the place so my brief now is to get in and to generate and grow business and
0: a local support service infrastructure here in WA. So, we're, um, we're with the like the wind wind tunnel, I guess, like going into the civil side of things, yeah. which I assume TLT has been heavily involved in. What's the – is there much, like the crossover between a, like your, your underground mining primary and secondary fans and what they're using in, I guess, civil applications and tunnelling and everything? Are they – is it all pretty similar equipment? Are the fans different? Are they the same or what's give us the spiel?
1: Okay. The for the development during the construction phase of the tunnels, secondary ventilation equipment. No different to what we use in the mining industry. You know, they'll get hung on the back or put at the at the portal uh, to ventilate developments during the course of the tunnel construction. Once the tunnel's been construction and fitted out, then there's the ventilation then there'll, there'll be a primary ventilation system and the jet fan system. So they don't use secondary fans, they use jet fans, and that just transfers air through the tunnel by jet and mass flow. By, by
0: so how, how, what's, what's the difference between a jet fan and a secondary fan that we know? Well,
1: a jet fan's unducted. There's a free inlet, free outlet. Oh, yes, yeah, so and the, creates... they're the ones
0: you see when you drive through a tunnel. That exactly.
1: Just... You know, they'll be hanging yeah. up there. They're, they can be noisy sometimes, but they'll just create a thrust, and then the thrust just moves the mass of air through the tunnel.
0: Yeah, so they're, they're essentially doing the job of a primary fan, but they're doing it internally. They're just creating that flow from in to Yeah, out.
1: a lot of the yeah. larger tunnels will still have a primary ventilation circuit, so they'll draw air in through the system through the in, in intake portal, and then they'll emit it through a stack before the outlet portal because yeah, right. there's a lot of the tunnels in inner-suburban the areas they don't like um emissions exi- exiting from the portal they like to discharge it vertically up to atmosphere otherwise you know the residents that are located near the exit portal could complain that there's a lot of diesel fume and particulate coming out of the exit portal so what the, the primary ventilation circuit will do was draw air from the portal before it emits or exits the portal and they discharge it vertically to atmosphere um, but those primary fans aren't much different to, um, in design with the exception of robustness. So the fans in the mining industry will be subjected to salts or salt, moisture, dust, diesel particulate, explosion fumes um, and all that other sort of good crap that sticks to the fan impellers and requires them to be cleaned regularly or be of a higher, heavier construction. Whereas the primary fans in the tunnel, the road and rail tunnel uh, sector, they don't generally have to put up with the explosion fumes or the salt or the, so much moisture and crap going through the fans. So they can be you know, more refined in, in the design and not less heavy duty in regards to putting up with arduous conditions. They still require cleaning because they'll have diesel particulate building up on them and the silence is generally copper smashing they'll have the, <clears throat> the t- road and rail tunnels will have generally a, um intake and outlet silencer enclosures to keep the noise to a limits because most of the tunnels are in residential areas whereas primary fan installations generally don't have silences depending on where they're located they're normally remote locations so the noise requirements not so critical in those areas although there's uh we had an installation, one of the TLT installations in Victoria at Fosterville. Uh, twin axials on the surface, uh, megawatt of power in each fan, uh, had noise limitations on the boundary because the mine at Bendigo there is not far from residence. <coughs> Excuse me. So there was a 23 dBA uh, noise limit on the boundary of the lease that we had to meet and we achieved.
0: So It's unbelievable how quite they can make a fan on the surface it is unbelievable how like because you hear them underground well they're just the secondary ones they're they're bloody loud screamers especially if you take the uh (laughs) take your earplugs out um and then the obviously the surface fans are a lot massive compared to them the screamers yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. but the um you know a, a part of that's the function of the tip speed and the noise is the tip speed of the fan um, and the pressure of the fan, um, and underground as well too. You have a reflective environment. Sometimes it may be absorptive, but as a reflective environment. You've got a noise in a confined area where the, the sounds just bouncing off everywhere. And
0: yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So we, I'll, I'll, geez, there nearly needs to be a formal qualification to go through like ventilation lingo because as this is like such a niche market that you have. uh got 40 years experience in because you you could uh you could talk about tip speed van curve fan curves and uh ventilation efficiency there rattle off numbers and everyone would be like oh i'll have to believe him because i don't know anything about this <laughs> yeah 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 happy to explain to anybody <laughs> that
1: wants to listen to me and, and how it works um but that's no different to the, the likes of you know like you guys with you know jumbo operators and guys underground and and you know, I come into the industry in, in 94 and I had to learn all the lingo about, you know, what's a back? You know, one of the ones that I remember is a back. What's a back?
0: Well, back's you, the ceiling of the mine. Well, why don't you call it a ceiling?
1: No, it's not a ceiling. Well, do you,
0: do you want to know the history of that? Go on. Well, there is, you've got the backs, which is the top, then the it rolls down and you've got the shoulders. And right. then if you go work down the face, like, the face, which is the the end of the tunnel. That's the yeah, face. Yeah. And then if you go down to the bottom of the face, there's your knee holes and and if there's lumps on there, they're your toes. So it's all in relation to like when they're, you know, really confined small areas, like it's all about the human body, because they'd have to walk along
1: oh, okay. like
0: that. So their back was touching there. Their face was at the face at the face. And yeah. then if you work down the face, your knees that, that's where your knee holes are when you drill it out. And right. then, if there's lumps on there, it's your, they're called toes because that's where your toes were. You're bumping your toes. Yeah. I, di-
1: I didn't really realize that a face was broken up into, you know, knees well, that, and toes. Yeah, as well, yeah, that's so
0: the straight, yeah, the straight where you're talking about, I guess, yeah. where that, when you're drilling it out to blow it up, like well, that's, it's all in relation See, to parts of your body. And then because your back was, yeah, th- that's called the backs because their back was. Rubbing along there when they'll walk along,
1: you're never too old or young to learn there you? there right?
0: you go yeah that, that's it's amazing what you can learn if you throw something on the miners' page on facebook yeah so yeah. why why are they called <laughs> neles and then I remember someone put that explanation up <laughs> so yeah, so i I had to learn you know
1: terminology in the mining industry and 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 understand what they were talking about, and then i could you know I could speak to the miners then about you know how how we can integrate the fan and the ventilation equipment into into, the, into their requirements as well.
0: Yeah, it's, um, okay, we, we can go on about the, talking about like qual- quality and maintenance and everything because to us, we just see fans in, hang a fan on the back, chuck some vent bag on it and that's it. And then if it's not blowing enough air, we whinge that it's too hot. <laughs> what, yeah, there's, there's yeah. So mu- there's so much more, To the whole thing by the sounds in terms of quality of, like I gather it's a fan, not every fan is just the same. There is so much that goes into building a secondary fan in terms of efficiency and quality and robustness.
1: Yeah, the fabrication part of it, um, most workshops can, can engineer and do, but it's the smarts, it's the impeller part of it. Um, and how to get the air in and out of the impeller to give you the most efficiency, and various manufacturers, uh, fan manufacturers will have different blade profiles, cord lengths, curvatures, you know, uh, hub ratios. Hub ratios is a is, is a easy change between most fan suppliers where you can get pressure increases by increasing the hub ratio and whatnot. So, What's you know, the hub ratio? The hub ratio is the ratio of the hub diameter of the impeller versus the impeller diameter. Yeah. So yep. if you have a larger hub uh, in a given impeller diameter uh, versus a, a smaller hub, then the higher hub will give a higher pressure rise across the impeller than the smaller hub ratio will. And, and, you know, they're the characteristics of being able to generate pressure out of the impeller. So some axials might only have be designed for a very low pressure requirement. So you wouldn't put a high hub ratio in there because that would put the fan operation point in an efficient inefficient part on the fan curve. So you select a lower hub ratio to get better efficiency. Secondary fans will generally have a, a higher pressure requirement because they're trying to get as much vent bag as they can out of them. Yeah. So the fans are all selected depending on the pressure and the flow requirements for the, the mines and as they're required. So you can get the the flow requirements um, by numerous ways, by blade pitch angle adjustment, variable speed drive technology, um, vane control, um, which is a mechanical means of controlling the flow. Um, not quite as efficient as variable speed technology if, if your system... Resistance doesn't change. That's the characteristics of the mine or the, the ventilation system that it's connected to. Um, but, yeah, so there's numerous ways of selecting a fan, designing a fan to, to meet the given duty requirements. But I think the key is trying to find a design that's flexible for most of the miners as well too. You know, Coming up with a design that allows them to um, change the system. You know, mines are, uh, mines are living beasts. You know, we all know that uh they change, the characteristics change. They're always evolving. And and the system line or the system resistance. And when I say system resistance, that's the pressure characteristics of the mine, you know? Does it have leakage in through the ventilation circuit? Will it have restrictions on flow in some areas that increase the pressure? Is it a nice open mine that allows good flow and less pressure requirements for the in from the fan? Um they all they're all they're all different. So coming up with the optimum solution is always a
0: challenge. Um, what, what about with secondary fans? But are they, are they, secondary ventilation, is that pretty stock standard? It's like, because you just literally want to hang a fan and you either want a, a, a twin 55 or a twin 110. That's right. For instance. Yeah, and like, yeah. and, and, but the actual mining, the mining environment won't affect... Too much the performance Generally of the secondary fan? Generally not, because
1: fan. the only thing that impacts on the performance of the secondary fan normally is the condition of the vent bag. Yeah. And, you know, they, that varies from mine site to mine site, installation to installation to location in the mine sites. You know, someone might have a a nice new vent bag connected to it, Yeah, in which case they're getting great performance at the end of the duct and there'll be installations. They've got tears and rips and five bends in it and, and a T-piece in it that's leaking and... You know, and then the guys are complaining at the face they don't get enough air. Well, you know, maybe some uh, vent bag maintenance is going to assist there. Um, but yeah, so but one of the things I wanted to say a little bit earlier when you said about miners and, and, and secondary fans is they always want more air, a quieter fan, and a cheaper product. <laughs> oh, and smaller. Sorry, there were the four things. It had to be smaller, quieter, cheaper, and perform better. And, you know, it's a bit hard to always meet that formula requirement because of physics, you know. Just well, you, yeah, you can,
0: meet, you can meet a couple of them, but it'd <laughs> be tough to meet all four. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was just it was just funny because I used to do secondary ventilation in the coal mines and um, those, they're completely different to secondary fans in metalliferous mines, you know, because they're EXD equipment, they've got to be flame-proof, certified, regulated by the authorities and guidelines and all sorts of requirements. Um and because the coal mines don't have you know five meter drives as well either you know they've got sometimes a meter and a half you know ceiling heights on on the seams and what they're trying to mine so you're always restricted in size on putting these beasts underground you know because they were just some of them were six meters long you know two meters wide and a meter and a half high and they were centrifugal fans that weren't very inefficient uh, with a hundred and fifty or hundred and eighty kilowatt flame proof motor, motor externally mounted on it on a skid with a starter on it all as well, and yeah, they always said, "Can you make it smaller, quieter, cheaper, and give us more air out of it
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, great, so I'll see what I can do <laughs> yeah yeah leave it with me so with 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 the secondary fans, I wouldn't talk about primaries and secondaries or, or while we're on secondaries what what can differentiate a secondary fan between competitors? Like well, as as we said, it's, a lot of it comes on the quality of the, the vent bag to deliver the air. But where where can you say that I'm selling this secondary fan and I reckon it's one of the best on the market? What yeah, can differentiate well, think, the products? I think
1: the industry needs to look at um, what, they're, what they're getting from their competitors as well too. You know, um, there's build quality... Um, historically, I think the mining industry has looked at secondary fans as a disposable commodity in regards to the ventilation process. Just by the way that some of the mines operate, you know, and, and unfortunately, these things hanging from the backs get smashed around a bit and, and dropped and whatnot, you know, so they, they sort of become <coughs> a disposable commodity to, to some degree. But I think the robustness uh, is, or, or how the mines want to try and maintain their equipment as well, too. Because they're hung up on the backs, people forget about them as well too. Um, but I think what needs to be considered, and they're always talking, and particularly now in this age of sustainability and, you know, and efficiencies and green energy and all that sort of stuff, how can we get more and more efficient? How can the fans be more efficient? The, uh, you know there's, there's methods in the construction by reducing swirl on the discharge side of the, or the downstream side of the impeller by getting improvements to the aerodynamic flow on the discharge side, that reduces the swirl on the downstream side of the impeller. By reducing the swirl, you reduce the loss, the inherent loss in the design and you increase the efficiency of it. Um, And then, you know, there's tip clearances. The closer you can have your impeller to the casing, within reason, obviously, you can't rub it, Um, the better performance you get from the impeller. A lot of the work that, the axial fans do happens at
0: the tip of the blade. That's where ah, right. So you're minimising that clearance energy. Yeah, that loss of energy that's between right. the gap. Yeah, that's right. And and reducing
1: swirl on the back of the motor and uh, and and swirl on the discharge side through the straightener and vane design through your, your guide vane design on the downstream side of the impeller. That that reduces the um, the internal losses, if you will. Um, and there's, you know, various manufacturers will do things different ways to to get better efficiencies out of their fans.
0: Um, so, like, we're talking like minute percentiles, all that and up here to really, yeah. But when really you say get it get it efficient,
1: you do, you know. Yeah. And then it's compromised too. Like, how expensive is it going to cost to make it an extra two percent efficient? Can we get that back in the marketplace? You know, it, there needs to be some sort of rationale about trying to keep a competitive product for uh, economic-wise to sell mm. to the market as well too, given that you're going to be up against other players that you, know, you want to try and get sales for. Um, so there's always a compromise in how can you make it more efficient, how much is it going to cost, and how much do you have to put that in the sale price of the fan? Um, so it's always a little bit of a balance there. Um, but then having said that, you know, uh, there's some unbelievable st- statistics as to how much power secondary fans are using well, out, that's out was, of the uh, total power go on a mm. mine
0: site, you know. Well, it's um, one of the biggest costs on a mine site is running ventilation.
1: Abs- and I've heard up to 70% on some mine mm. sites is just air power. Um, and when you're talking about 25, 27 cents a kilowatt hour to generate power on site in some of these sites, it doesn't take long to rack up a lot of...
0: Well, um, well that, there's actually a YouTube video from when I was at um, Underground Operators and talking to the crew at MIE, which uh, looking at the variable speed technology for secondary ventilation. Yeah. And, and they had just like a bit of a, a digital simulator like model on, on what it does. So if you're running that fan at 100% speed, uh, like it was something like just for that secondary fan, it was like a $1,000 per day to run it. Then, But then by dropping it by 20% speed, essentially halved the operating cost of that per day. Like it wasn't a linear relationship. Like say, so if you can drop the speed of that fan by 20%, it was dropping the cost by half. Absolutely, for, for absolutely. Just for, for power consumption, it was unbelievable to look at.
1: And according to the laws of physics and fan laws, you know, your power reduces by the cube function of your speed reduction. Ah, okay, yeah, So, right? it is. It's, so a it's to the like, to the cube, yeah. yeah. And, and that's one of those laws of physics that hurts everybody really bad. <laughs> You know, pressure is impacted by the square of the speed change, mm. and power is impacted by the cube of the speed change.
0: Yeah, so it's a significant number because because um, that's the thing. Well, a lot of the time, uh, well, obviously when we're at the face, we want when we're working in it, we want you know 100% fan speed. We need the vent to keep us cool and get rid of all the fumes, but. Sometimes the like, fans are just kept on so the trucks don't take out the vent bag on the way up, whereas like you, you literally only need them running at 20% just to, just to have the bag inflated so it doesn't get taken out. That's right. In, in areas. That's um, right. And that, that's like the, the power consumption being used just to, for a convenience, you'd say, is, would be massive the: in, That's right, across the guide, oh, you're talking, you're talking. billions in the global mining industry,
1: Paul.: <laughs> Absolutely. It's a lot of money that's utilized in power. And getting smarter at using ventilation equipment is um, the, the buzz you know, around the industry about ventilation on demand and being able to control your ventilation, and you're turning off what you don't need and mm. minimizing flows in areas that you don't need to have airflow going to all the time. Um, air is 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 expensive to to generate.
0: Is that so? When you're talking about all these efficient, like uh, you know, secondary fan designs, or, or you know, optimizing the efficiency, I assume that optimizing the efficiency with all your clearances and everything, trying to get that fan as efficient as possible, that is directly proportional to power consumption. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. So the higher the efficiency, the less power it uses for the same performance. Yeah. Okay, so you want to you wanna try and be able to provide a product that meets the same performance pressure volume-wise compared to what's available on the market and do that at less power, yep. which means your product will be more efficient.
0: I'd say that'll be out of all those four things that people are after, I would assume power, fan efficiency and power consumption is the big ticket item that every buyer would be asking about.
1: It, it's getting more and more and more important. You know, with this sustainability and, and greenhouse gases and utilisation and efficiency of power and carbon emissions and returns and all those buzzwords. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and the mining houses as well as the mining contractors are getting a lot more smarter about how to do all of this. A lot of the mining contractors now are actually considering because historically the mining contractors never wouldn't pay for the power on the mine sites. It would be the, the mines themselves or the the client. The, the client. But a lot of the mining contractors are getting smarter now. You know, how can we bring benefits to the client by not only pulling more dirt out of the ground or more ore out of the ground, but doing it more efficiently, saving them power. So a lot of the mining contractors are getting smarter about how they do stuff as well too. So they're looking at ways to, um, to consider, you know, ventilation on demand projects. Although historically the client would look at ventilation on demand projects or infrastructure and optimising ventilation for the life of mine. Uh contractors are trying to bring that in in the early stages now to to um, to provide more efficient um solutions for getting all out of the ground as well.
0: Well a lot of it's um probably lack of information, I think, in terms of power power consumption. I uh I I remember a mine site I was working at when I was in the office, we'd get it a daily email from the power plant which would say how many kilowatt hours we used for the previous 24 hours. And it sort of become a bit of a, you don't take much notice, but then it sort of became a bit of a game. It's like, oh, let's, on our trip underground, we'll just go turn a few fans off in the inactive areas and just, and it was amazing once we all chipped in turning fans off and trying to make sure that fans weren't running for no reason. It was like a massive drop in this power consumption you know, that was yeah, coming through yeah. just just from turning secondary. Sounds like another competition, man. There we go. Sounds it, like another. It competition. was like, yeah. yeah, get a free get a free shirt if you can <laughs> yeah,
1: get a twenty
0: percent power reduction for the <laughs> week and, and get a, a ventilation nickname for Paul. <laughs> but it's um, but and that but that was purely like you know you, you harp on in the meetings about. Don't turn your fans off, bloody yada yada. That was it. But if you, I guess, if you start putting a monetary value and saying, "Look, you can pay for your wages by having a bit of a concerted effort towards uh, turning fans off," uh, it was just amazing what that number did. It was like holy, it is, it, was it is unbelievable. Doesn't take long to add up quite a lot, and I, and, mm. and and you know, and it's just and that's on a daily, daily basis. Well, you are talking about thousands and thousands of dollars a day. Put that over a year. Over a year—that's millions. She's a twenty-four-hour operation. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, they're astounding numbers.
1: Um, and it's just you know education. You know, what happens if I turn it down? Can we can we reduce it? Bringing people um, understanding what the ramifications
0: are for. Mm. Now, primary fans. This is what I'm interested in. Yep. In terms of. There ain't a one size fits all for primary, as you said. Like every mine is different, pressure and everything. I've I have witnessed a primary fan installation, brand spanker, and they've turned it on, and fifteen minutes later, all the impellers are at the bottom of the return air shaft, Ouch. just disintegrated. Ouch! Just from and then 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 brings on the argument. Uh, well, it's obviously the fan, it's not the mine, and just like there was a big uh pardon the pun, a flow on effect from Right, <laughs> from okay. That. And that was um there's primary fan installations going wrong one oh one. Uh how do you approach when approach the whole process when a mine comes to you and says, Paul Machete, I need a primary fan. Well, we need that, that- that's a that's a that that ain't like oh, we've got this one. I'll send it out to you tomorrow. There's a bit of a process I
1: assume. yeah, there's a tender process. there's the details of the mine that you get, you know the conditions of the, the that the mine's at, where the fans going to be installed, Is it going to be on the surface? Is it going to be underground? you know what's the pressure requirement for the mine? Um, is it going through a water table? Will we see if particularly if it's on the surface? will you see a pile of water and salt and salinity that's exposed to the the fan on the surface? Um, can we discharge it vertically? Can we mount it over the shaft? Is it an axial fan that will um, meet the pressure and the flow requirements that we can mount over the shaft? Or does it need to be two fans mounted horizontally with an elbow, um, which means then you need to have self-closing dampers on each of them in case the fan one fan goes down, you need to short-circuit. You don't want to short-circuit flow from the other fan. It gives you opportunity to maintain second fan redundancy. You know, the fans might want uh, a, a fan to give them some redundancy and one of two fan installation. Um, centrifugal fans will provide a, a higher pressure flow as well, too, if it's a deep mine, um, which means that you sort of
0: can't mount a centrifugal over the shaft. And so. Why? why so, why? At uh, first of all, Go difference between axial and centrifugal okay. for an axial fan is
1: like a propeller design. So it's like a, a ceiling fan that you got uh, in the house, an extraction fan over your kitchen. It's like a propeller. To keep it very simple, the air comes in one side, goes out the other, in an axial flow direction. Um, they're generally mounted in a duct, so you can get the pressure rise that you need to, uh, as well too. All right, so it's constructed within a, a, a duct. Um, and the air flows in an axial direction. The centrifugal flow fan is like a, a turbocharger type thing. You'll, the air will come in through an inlet, and it'll go out through a, a a rotating impeller, and the air will be discharged in a radial direction from the ax, from the flow. So it's discharging. So you can or use planes
0: as an example. You got you, you got your you got your old prop planes, and then you got your your seven your seven four seven. Turbine buddy jet. Is Correct, that, you know, is that you know that the, the perfect the, representation the, of axial to centrifugal. That's right. The centrifugal is like a
1: water pump in a car. Yeah. You know, it flow comes in through the front of it and then it flows out the side. So it's that little impeller like a water pump in the car that gives you the the centrifugal type flow.
0: So where, where and where is centrifugal versus axial applied in different situations. Or when you see you're you talking about depth of mines, pressure requirements, yeah, where, d- which is... It, it depends on the... I well, know this is tough to sum up in one go, but uh, and as it's you said, a, the best people a, explain it in a very simple way.
1: Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's just about how much air and pressure, or the balance of the pressure in the air that you require to provide for the mine, all right? So if it's a high flow and a low pressure requirement, typically that would be served better by an axial flow fan or more efficiently by an axial flow fan Um, when you want to consider the cost and and all of the aspects of the installation. Um, As the pressure increases, you might want to do that with a a higher hub ratio axial fan if it's still um, within the realms or the pressure is still within the realms of an axial flow fan. And then when the pressure's increased probably over... No, for although there's some really good axial products available that can generate very high pressures, um, but generally the higher pressures will be more suited to
0: centrifugal fan designs for given volumes. So, when how does depth play a part in choosing this? Like, is, is is do deep mines? Can, can a deep mine have a, an axial or a centrifugal, like depending on the pressure? or like it, Yeah, it's dependent on the pressure, yeah. right?
1: Um, with sort of mentioning names, I don't sort of really want to mention names too much, but um, Gualia is a very deep mine. We all know Gualia is a deep mine. So that has centrifugal fans on it because of the depth and the higher pressure requirements. Yeah. Um, and the lower depth or the younger mines, you know, the less developed mines axial flows are the predominant solution for those those guys because it's about air but not necessarily about the pressure as well.
0: yeah so yeah. how would how would a when I talked about primary fan installation going wrong is that can that easily happen if you if a mine is given the wrong fan for the wrong mine? Or like, like it hasn't, it hasn't been properly analysed. Like, can it, can it really go horribly wrong very easily? Stories of why that, you know, oh look, one,
1: one ended up with blades at the bottom of the shaft. Um, You know, that could have been the construction of the blade. You know, they may have been poor castings. I don't know. You know, if the test, the manufacturing and the test and the quality control processes weren't in place at the time, I don't know. I don't know if it was a, a. an incorrectly selected fan. I don't know if the the system or the mine resistance was higher than the design of the fan, in which case you get the axial fan operating in a stall condition, which is similar to an aerodynamic uh, plane stall or wing stalling on a, on a plane to keep it simple for the punters. Um, and in when that happens, when an axial fan operates in stall, uh, the blades will flex and flutter uh, and you'll get a hunting sound and that's not a good condition. The blades will, will, won't last very long. Mm. Uh, they'll start to flex, flutter, fatigue quickly. And when one lets go, they'll all let go. Oh, uh, it, it's pretty catastrophic, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so are you, when you've given the task to supply a primary fan, are you given, like, essentially the vents in model for the mine? Like, how how do you analyse the what? The pressure requirements. Well, and the vent consultants
1: or the ventilation officer will determine what the pressure and the flow requirements are for the for the mine, or you know, at, at whatever location they want the fans. Sometimes they will prefer them to be underground. Sometimes they will and that might be because um, it's quieter, it's a better solution. You know, there's less moisture; they don't go through a water table. So there's factors for putting it underground. Versus on the surface, so, and generally when we receive the tender, it'll stipulate all of that information, um, what the condition of the air is, what the expected density of the air is, ambient conditions, um, and the pressure and the flow requirements, and then fan is selected on that basis. Then we take into account, you know, the internal loss of the fan, we put a diffuser on it that might reduce the outlet velocities and the outlet velocities, um, and give you a better static pressure rise for the fan capability to meet the, the client's requirements. Because the pressure is, um, the fan pressure is, uh, can be, nominal. it's a total pressure. The, the terminology for fan pressure is, um, yeah, it's, it's it, total pressure is the summation of static pressure and dynamic pressure. Um, and the useful pressure for most mines is the static pressure component of the fan pressure.
0: So, what, what what's the difference between static pressure and dynamic pressure when you're talking about fans? Static pressure is a suction pressure, or 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 a or the, the
1: it's static, right? So, if you put your hand over a vacuum cleaner, that's you, and you you feel that suck. That's yep. a static pressure. Yeah. Alright? If you take your hand away. And the vacuum cleaner is sucking air. That's at a dynamic pressure. It's pulling the air with a velocity.
0: Ah, right. right. So
1: it's a static and a kinetic or a dynamic condition. And the fan total pressure is made up of the summation of both of those. So the useful part of it for the miners is the static component. And why is that? Because that's the, the pull through the underground mine or the push through the ducting that generates how much air you'll get at the end of it. Okay, that's the simplistic
0: version. Yeah, yeah. As I, as I said, it's uh oh, you're doing a very good job of uh breaking it down for us. Here. I hope so, <laughs> <laughs> because it's very, it's very, it's a very technical industry. It has yeah. it's going be like me explaining to you um bolt meshing or something. With a with a jumbo, it's no one's ever seen it in the bloody world. If you haven't, if you're not in underground morning, no, it's, no. So try to explain trying- to someone. I'm like, oh, I think I'm just confusing you. No yeah. worry. Here's, check it out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. So with the, I guess the way you speak about, you know, TLT as you're in in the growth phase, and everything, but the, I'm hearing a lot about, you know, robustness and quality and those those are, the I guess, you, the, the key words you bring into the table about what TLT's ventilation products are all about.
1: And I think that sort of comes down to reliability. At the end of the day, the robustness and the quality of the build provides performance and reliability, and that's what the mining industry wants. They want something that they, they can trust that's going to go, it's going to last, and it's going to give them good performance. And I think, you know, if you start cutting corners in and the robustness and the, the build quality of the fan, then you compromise that, you know. The guys underground, they need the air. They need to make sure that it's there all the time and it's not going to let them down. So I think quality and robustness is a is an important part. I, I mean, you don't know, have to look at the industry and the environment they're subjected to, don't you?
0: Well, yeah, as I said, <laughs> you know, if it's, if they're getting uh, smashed see, about. Yeah, and then you bring in light, you know. The salinity, like the corrosion and getting bloody hit by a truck on the way past yeah, or something yeah. like that. Not that that happens all yeah, the time. it's a but. tough
1: industry. Tough equipment needs to, you know, ensure that it keeps going and it's performing all the time.
0: So why, why is TLT's equipment a bit more, or like, robust? Are we talking like, is it attention to detail in the manufacturing process, better quality materials, or how... What's separating them from the field, do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, it's I mean, you have a look at the product at the end of the day. There's, there's good stiffening. It's a welded construction. I mean, it's all simple fabrication work at the end of the day when you look at the casing and the duct side of it. Um, but it's built to a quality standard. Um, and then it's the, the fit, the detail, you know, how can we improve the efficiencies? What, what I'm, I'm excited about at the moment is the efficiencies that we can get out of the product. Um, some of the investigations I've already done into the product now, bringing the product here, um, which will be here in November. We've got fans coming by November. Um, yeah, I mean, the efficiencies in the, in the straightener veins and the improvements they've made and what I've seen compared to what else is available on the market, uh, I'm quite excited about. So, yeah. And as we
0: said, more efficiency, less power, less cost, less power, more money yeah. in the bank.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. So it's 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 an interesting time. It's great. I'm looking yeah,
0: forward to it. Caltex and all the fuel diesel suppliers are making enough money. We don't need to buy any more fuel. Often we're trying to reduce. No, well, how I'm, much fuel's getting used to supply power to mine sites? Yeah,
1: and a lot of the mine sites now are looking at green alternatives. You know, they're self generating. You know. Um, a lot of the sites now are looking at solar generation and supplementing with solar power and whatnot. it still doesn't change the fact that we still need to look at more efficient ways on moving air as well too, just because we're looking at alternative means of generating power doesn't necessarily mean we will have additional power to burn on ventilation as well too. I think we should always be looking at um how we can move our air more efficiently you know
0: yeah with the with the fan the efficiency side of things um. I gather you can't just it's it's not a bartering thing, like, well, oh this is our fan efficiency, here you go, we're better than everyone. There's a bit of data and a bit of there's a lot that goes behind uh I guess making sure the you know the fan efficiency is, you know, correct and well this is uh a lot goes into it. How do you how do you how do you sell the fan efficiency? How, how I guess how do you show companies this is our fan efficiency. This is why it is this way. Uh, I think we're getting into fan curve territory here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to provide fan curves. All the curves are generally done to a test accepted international standards. So there's test procedures for how the fans need to be measured and tested. Um, and then there's generally a, a tolerance, an acceptable tolerance, that a lot of the curves are submitted to. So, you know, under the industry or the international standards, there's a tolerance on on pressure flow efficiencies uh, that can be submitted as public data, um, and and then other than that, you know, you show the efficiency contours on the fan curves, um, so you can see at what points and duty points where your fan efficiencies, because the contours will there's a, a series of envelopes, if you will, uh, over the fan curve, so there'll be sweet spots on the fan curve where your efficiency is the highest. Um, and that's what I was talking about earlier about how you select the fan so that you try and optimise the mine's resistance to fall on one of those sweet spots. So you're maximising the efficiency of the fan. So sometimes you might need a higher hub ratio than other times to get into that zone to yeah. select the fan right in that zone and get the most efficiency. So, but the secondary fans are a little bit of a set and forget. You know, they got you know, is a 55, 75, 90, 110s, and 132 kilowatt fans. You put them on the back and you just want to crank them up, turn them up flat out and drive them as far as you can. And they're either off or off. <laughs> that, that's it. So um, so the design in them is, is a little bit more straightforward. So, you know, then it comes down to, okay, well, the internal losses in the design, like I said earlier, you know, reducing tip durances, um, reducing swirl on the back of the motor, reducing swirl on the dis- downstream side of the impeller, getting smarter at doing that to improve the the overall operating efficiency of the fan. So yeah, so you get reducing the efficiency or getting better efficiencies of the fan and then looking at operations, you know, for your ventilation, you know, turning fans down, off, on, um as you require for the flow. But then, you know, the guys underground need to understand a little bit more about what's happening and hanging above them as well, too. Um sometimes that's um how they might want to get best operations out of it as well too like main, maintaining duct work mm, that's an easy one you know putting a good duct installation will give you better air at the end every time
0: and then us jump operators making sure everything's high enough so that it doesn't keep getting clipped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes we have to make it high because the engineers design it at impractical heights that trucks don't fit. In. <laughs> anyway, don't let me go. Don't let me get started on that. Well, how, how do they test? How do you make a fan curve? Like when you say like testing and and everything. Like how do you? Well, in a lab condition, there's uh, a duct, duct,
1: uh, an in a con- controlled environment in a lab. Uh, where Must you be put- a big bloody
0: lab if you're going to fit is. a fan in there. It is.
1: You'll yeah. put generally the primary fan installations, though, they'll be tested uh, on site. So there'll be um, empirical data that a lot of the fan selections have done. But the final test on commissioning will be proved that a test run on commissioning, because that way they can simulate the site conditions. Um, it doesn't always provide a lab testing environment. So your measuring points might not be in optimum positions. Um, because there's predetermined distances from the discharge of the fan. If it's a, a ducted outlet, there's predetermined distances where flows should be measured. Mm. So you get out of that swirl of the, the outlet of the fan. So you get a nice straight flow condition. So you can measure accurately across the various velocities across the ductwork. So there's no... The velocities evened itself out down the length of the duct, so you can get a good true flow measurement by checking the velocities but on site, you don't always have that opportunity you know you're trying to measure at the collar and um, you know the the entry condition at the collar might be quite turbulent, so your your measurements might be a little bit corrupted, I suppose, in getting accurate flow conditions
0: and then you go the because obviously the leakage through the mine would be a big impact on getting the reliability of the data too because the leakage is essentially unknown yeah. in a way
1: but that's you know the VO guys will measure the, the velocity underground they'll do a a a, a, transfer, a check across the drive section, measure it near the along the side sidewall, and then move across the, the drive and measure various velocities across the drive so they can ascertain an average of what the flow is across the drive once they understand that then they'll compare that to the velocity output on the fan because the fan will have monitoring equipment on it it will have pressure measuring and, and flow measuring based on uh, a pitot traverse pitot tubes so the fan will have connection points around it measuring velocity pressure that goes through um, software and can be put on the output um, a lot of the mine sites controls rooms will have flow and pressure characteristics but that's just based and it needs to be calibrated on site when the fan's commission, anyway, so it gives a reasonably accurate performance of it. But lab testing a primary fan is a bit of a challenge, yeah. You'd need a whop a big lab and, mm. to do that installation. So, yeah. But secondary fans are a little bit easier. You know, you have an outlet duct on it with a given length um, as per the standard international requirements, and then you do a pressure and a, a volume traverse across the ductwork to measure the conditions across the ductwork, and that's done at various conditions. So you load up and increase uh, the resistance on the fan by putting a, a shutting off or putting a load into the ductwork to simulate resistance, and then you do another flow check, and then you increase the resistance and you do another flow check, and by then you get a series of points that you connect and it becomes your pressure volume curve. Yeah. And then you measure your current draw accordingly and you can calculate your power against that as
0: well well i reckon we have sufficiently established the fact today that paul machete knows a lot about fans <laughs> <laughs> if the, the ventilation engineers are just going to be absolutely frothing on this because they'll be able to sit down for an hour and just hear everything about fans and ventilation they are just going to be mate, you're going to be getting fan mail after Fan mail.
1: <laughs>
0: Good work. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Another competition. There we go. well, there you go. Well, there's our first segment. Send in some fan mail before <laughs> the machete. <shedding. laughs> I love it. Well, there you go. Of well, uh, of uh, very impressed, very enlightened by the uh, all this ventilation Thanks, uh, stuff because uh, as I said, it's we we. Look at it so simplistically, like there's a fan up there that's blowing air to where we're going, and then the primer is just sucking it in the portal, and it's coming out. Like that's a that's a, <laughs> that's the crux of it for us. Yep, it's good to get uh, it's good to get a bit of an insight into all the, like as I said, a little bit of an insight because I know it's a very technical area of uh, everything that is involved in the whole ventilation side of things. Uh, very, I find it very interesting. But- and Great. Pl- plenty more to come. Hope so. Yeah. Exciting. Fan mail. That that's a that is the perfect the that is a perfect bloody end to that, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Send in your fan mail to Paul Machete. Yeah, mate. How do we uh these uh all the fans out there get in contact with you uh to hear more about if they if, uh, sending, if they more more want a, a personal approach rather than sending in the T- fan mail. <laughs> yeah, TLT Turbo
1: Australia, or we'll go through the TLT International website. There'll be a local WA contact. They can find me through the website. Um you know, obviously there's email addresses and phone numbers that people can contact you about. We don't necessarily need to put that on here, I suppose, now. Yeah, but we don't want to
0: put you... Like, you'll, you'll have all your email coming to your your personal mobile. We don't want... That might be a bit overwhelming. No, but, um, you know,
1: certainly welcome to to anybody to reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn as well too. So, yeah, feel free to reach out, contact me. Um, and, yeah, so my, my like I said, my brief here is to... Generate the business here for TLT in in, uh, in WA. Make sure that there's a good service and support infrastructure in place too. So I'm working with local support networks to make sure that we can service and support the product as well too because that's important to the guys here. Um, I know and understand that from my years of coming here. So working with rep- reputable contractors to make sure that we can deliver quality, proven installation. So, you know, turnkey installations for primary fans, Service and support, secondaries, booster fans, I think you've touched on everything that we can do. Um,
0: this is one up. thing I mentioned the other day, I still don't know the meaning of, turnkey installation. What does that mean? Turnkey installation, some tenders will come out where they request a turnkey installation.
1: And basically the mine says, we will give you, and normally this is if, if it's a primary fan installation, typically the mine will say, we'll give you a shaft collar, and we'll give you a supply power, and you provide the rest, which means design, supply, and install the fan. Design, supply, provide the electrical switchroom, equipment, monitoring to run the fan, and any civil construction works required for supporting the fan, switch room, and whatnot. Fence it off if required, labour to do the installation, the whole lot. And that terminology is, is turnkey. There you go. Some mines might just say, look, just supply the fan only. We have our own crew that might do the installation, but will require supervision from one of your from one of your TLT representatives and your site engineers to make sure that we install it in accordance to the OEM's requirements, in which case we can provide that service as well too.
0: The turnkey is it's the supreme pizza. It's the whole bloody it's thing. It's the burger with the lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gourmet package.
1: That's the one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's been great, mate. Thanks very much. Thank you, mate. Plenty more to come in the uh, as I said when uh, TLT breathes a bit of air into life and mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can talk a little bit
1: more about in, you know installation issues that some of the guys are having. You know, I don't know if they, they give you feedback and if they've got any questions, come back to you with and maybe um, we can talk about installations and fan issues and operational issues in, in future shows. So I don't know.
0: Well, there's a better... of. Um, there's a better application for that term before. Uh, if you've got any ventilate fan issues, uh, you can vent your frustrations <laughs> to uh, the Life of mine. fan of it, you're, of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on a roll. Oh, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. Oh, beauty. Ah, good stuff, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Cheers. Till next time.